Hello everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Benita Kaimbe and as always today we have a special guest whose name is Josuel. Josuel is from the DRC like I am and lives in the United States and has been doing amazing work in his communities. Today he will mostly be talking about Malaika which is a non-profit slash school located in the Congo. A school, listen to this, that provides free education, free healthcare, and free food every week to its students. Isn't that amazing? And now, like always, I will go ahead and say, let's begin the conversation. Hi, Josuel. Hey. Thank you so much for your time today. I am excited to be learning about everything that you have been doing because, I mean, I follow you on Instagram <laughs> and I want to know what to do, what you do and how you do that. So to begin, can you talk a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Yes, please. Thank you so much for having me uh, on your platform. Um, my name is Josuel Musambani, and uh, I am a Congolese. was born in the city of, of Goma, uh, raised there. I moved to the U.S. Uh, um, when I was uh, almost an adult, uh, at 16 and a half, almost 17, um, and started college in the U.S. Um, I studied math and computer science, um, and then went on uh, to start my journey into tech. So I currently work at Microsoft as a software engineer in the uh, Azure space. Uh, so I work in the Internet of Things, uh, uh, Azure IoT space. Um, other than that, so that's uh, kind of my day hat. Uh, my other time hat, like morning and night hat, uh, I am I, very passionate uh, about education specifically and all the causes that surround education so as you mentioned benita uh people who follow me on instagram will see uh every once in a while uh some activism like post trying to make a case for education uh back back home in congo specifically but also just broadly uh as a world citizen and one of the causes that i i do get to be involved uh, with as part of of, of this uh, passion is uh, our Malaika, uh, a school in, in Southeast uh, DRC, uh, where I am involved as a advisory board, but also uh, my favorite kind of sort of involvement is as a, as a, as a volunteer um, in the STEM program for Malaika. So we have designed the, what's, what the STEM program looks like for the girls. Uh, and then also we get to, uh, I get to teach. I get to teach these girls coding um, and, and have, have them, you know, go from, you know, zero to something uh, that they can use in, in the world. One of the examples that I can share or an anecdote that I can share about that is during the pandemic, we, we wanted to see what to do with the situation we were at, people were in lockdowns, we didn't have you know anything to do. But like Malaika being this organization that cared about like holistic, a holistic approach to education, we uh, we involved the girls and then said, hey, like 
from my perspective, myself and other people who are involved in the STEM program, how can we be a part of this, you know, 100 years uh, at a time opportunity, uh, uh, which is the COVID pandemic. Uh, and we taught the girls 3D printing. Um, and uh, the idea behind teaching them 3D printing skills was that, if you remember, everybody was uh, wearing face shields around the pandemic. Uh, we, people had to be protected. Uh, from uh, uh, the disease while people are developing vaccines and, and, and things of that sort. Uh, so long story short, uh, the girls uh, learned 3D printing and were able to produce over 2,000 face shields that they distributed across uh, hospitals um, uh, in Lubumbashi and, and, and around Talibuka. Um, and, and so the, the reason I share this story is, is that that shows kind of that connection, right? From uh, a tech perspective, you can hop to an educational perspective, learning a skill like uh, 3D printing, but also um, learning how to materialize that skill into your community. Um, and, and that, you know, in, as a form of introduction to Malaika as an organization, that speaks to the heart and the, and the, and the, and the, and the core of what the, the organization does which is trying to um, impact communities in the Kalebuka and Southeast Congo area um, through access to education, water, and healthcare. And, and I, I get to have the privilege to, 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 to like be a part of the education piece and then watch kind of that domino effect and in how uh, the communities are being impacted in that area, in other aspects as well. So. So you worked at Microsoft, you said. How did you get in touch with the with Malaika and how did you learn about their goals and what they're doing in Southern Congo? That's a, that's a great question. So I actually Microsoft was in, in part uh, helpful in helping me meet, you know, it's kind of a full circle um, uh, situation. So I always knew of Malaika through social media. So I, I was, um, I ran into some, some, some Facebook posts uh, about Malaika and started following them. So I will comment every once in a while until I went to a conference uh, where I was a speaker uh, at the conference. And the person who spoke right before me, uh, almost uh, by coincidence was uh, Noela, who is the founder of, uh, of Malaika. Um, and so we actually met uh, as we were taking the pictures for the speakers, uh, and and I had just I had just spoke, uh, and so we were taking the uh, the, the pictures together, and uh, that was the interaction. So I was like, hey, by the way, I know the organization. I've been following it, the organization for a minute. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan and uh, I just kind of wanted to say hi and, 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 and tell you that, you know, if there's any way I can support, I would love to. Um, and literally three words, three words she said to me was, come to Kalibuka, literally, like, which is where the school is. Uh, it was very direct <laughs> in a way. She's like, I, like so, and, I, and, I, and I said, if I'm in Congo, I'm not going to say no to that invitation. And so from there, everything kind of just grew. Um, as soon as I, I, I set foot on, on Kalebuka's ground uh, in 2019, um, it, it was obvious that I wanted to keep being involved, right? Uh, and I'm talking 
340 girls at the time when I was there uh, who are getting free education, free healthcare. Their communities are being impacted through the community center. The community center impacting 5,000 people every year uh, through vocational trainings, for example, teaching people uh, sewing, teaching people woodworking, teaching people languages like English uh, or French. Um, and even um, having to involve the parents along the journey of the education of their girls as well, right? So what I saw wasn't a school as I was expecting, you know, and I actually taught coding there in person for, for a few days. Um, and I was just expecting for it to just be business as usual, teaching coding, et cetera, et cetera. But what I saw was a community transformed. Uh, if you get to Kalebuka, you get to see pictures from the before the school started 15 years ago and then the after. Uh, and you can definitely see, even from the picture, it's obvious that the well-being of communities around, they were like uh, satellite pictures, evolved, right? There were houses that were in March uh, 15 years ago uh, when I saw the pictures. And today, most of the houses are built, and you are from Congo Benita, you know, they're built in concrete. So in America, people have houses that, you know, are in, in wood, and, that, that's fine. But in Congo, if you're building in concrete, that means you, you kind of have a little, a, 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 a certain level of like status. So anyhow, um, you can, my point being, you, it's obvious to see how much the community was being impacted through the work of Malaika. And I wanted to be a part of that. Um, so that, that's how I came in touch with Malaika. I still am in touch through, uh, even if I live in Seattle currently, uh, I teach uh, and mentor the girls uh, remotely through Zoom. Uh, thanks God for, for technology. So every week uh, uh, I, I am either teaching coding or mentoring the first promotion of girls who are graduating this year, by the way, uh, and uh, being launched on to go start university. So i working on essays with them, figuring out what, uh, what schools they're gonna go to next, et cetera. Wow, this is amazing. Uh, talking about Malaika, you told me that they have a healthcare center at school. Yeah. Why did they choose to do that? And how does, what is the impact of having a healthcare center at school on the local communities? What have you observed? Yes, uh, that, the, the, the impact of, uh, of such a holistic approach to education cannot be overstated, uh, honestly. The, beyond just having the healthcare at school, let me start by also saying that the girls get fed twice a day uh, mm -hmm. And this stems from the idea, why is that happening, you asked? It comes from the idea that we are not supposed to only look at the student the moment they set, they set foot within four walls of, of the classroom, because that's missing the point. Um, we try to, look, we're trying, and that's what Malaika is trying to do, is educating the whole person. But you cannot educate the whole person without knowing where the whole person is coming from. Mm -hmm. So from Malaika's perspective, that took asking some of the questions like, did this student get fed before they came to school? Um, what else do they have on their mind before we can teach them these math uh, problems or before we can tell them about history uh, and, and they can tune off? What, what can make them tune off from teaching them history if 
um, if, if they're here already at 8 a.m. And one thing that, one anecdote I'll give you, we found out, um, uh, I wasn't a part of Malaika at the time, but like years back, um, one of the things that was very obvious is that most of these girls were doing so much chores in their home before even getting to school. So school will start at eight or 7.30 and they were up since four doing chores. Um, and one of the very obvious and gruesome chores that were impacting the girls were they will walk um, 40 minutes each way for you know some an hour each way to fetch water um, in the morning. That's why they will wake up at four and walk like 45 minutes one way, get water, come back and maybe cook for their young, younger brothers and sisters, and then come to school. And so you, see, you look at that student, and you know, if you don't take the moment to acknowledge that, hey, I need to you know, take in this whole person before I can like, jump in and start writing x plus y you know, equals what on the board, then we are missing the point. And then we'll be asking ourselves these questions around why isn't the student doing well? Why are they stressed? And right, uh, and, 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 and forget that we, we forgot to ask, to ask the right questions at the beginning. Which kind of student am I getting through the door as they are coming to learn? Um, and so that's how these, these so I'm, I'm sharing the, this to, to give an idea about how some of these uh, decisions came to land. And, and so one of the things that I, 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 you know, on top of the food that gets provided to, to students and staff twice a day, one of the things that was done to address this gruesome uh, issue that I just described around fetching water and doing chores in the morning is that Malaika went from building zero, like from like having zero wells uh, in, the, in the Kalebuka area where people will have to walk farther to get water to now, uh, I think the last number I checked was 27 wells uh, within the community. And what that does in a, in a math sense, right? Like in a, to, to put that in perspective, since I shared the 45 minutes to an hour each way uh, fetching water, right now, most students within Malaika have that well within 10 minutes walk of their homes. So now think about, think about that from an education perspective. Um, a student 10 years ago, who would have to wake up at 4 a.m. to go fetch water and by 6 a.m. they're back home to bring the water and start doing chores, now can sleep in um, until six because or seven because you know they just have to walk eight minutes, get the water, get it in the house, maybe shower, and then and then go to school. Right? Not to mention how much the access to water can actually help with things like hygiene, because water is so close, they can get it as often as they want, and then they can you know, prevent some of the other diseases that otherwise would have been uh, an issue. Um, and, that, and now we move on to the health, healthcare, right? Like, so you, you can see kind of the, the thinking behind these, uh, these things are that they're more around, okay, let's remove as much barriers as possible from preventing these girls to get into the classroom and actually learning. And that's how even the healthcare system came, came to be, right? So the healthcare system came to be because as you know, most areas in the, in, in most rural areas around the world, not just in Africa, do struggle with some of the, getting the, the right education around the, um, 
around healthcare. Uh, whether it's uh, most of these girls knowing how to, um, you know, take care of just the hygiene yeah. of themselves and their families as well, right? Like, so we use that healthcare center as a way to like have that pulse around how are these girls and these students living within their communities and how can we impact it? Uh, so they get, they do get free uh, hygienic products from the healthcare uh uh um center over there they do get screening so they're, they're like documents of uh, i did see that and actually was working this kind of a, a sideline i was working with students to try to to, to digitize the the healthcare uh the, the healthcare center where all the documents can be like in a, in a digital form and then they can come and log in in a computer instead of just using the papers um it's, uh, yeah it's in a uh, girls only school Yes, it's it's all girls school for the school, and then the community center is mixed. Anybody can be impacted, and so uh, there is a partnership that the school has with FIFA, where the boys come actually to play soccer, but get to learn and acquire skills afterwards, right? Like so, it's like soccer is is what lures them towards coming, uh, and then once they get there, they can get to decide which skills they want to learn. They can learn languages. They can learn. Uh, they can also learn like vocational skills, woodworking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so uh, that's why so the, the girls' schools impact right now, the numbers are 400 girls. Uh, when I visited, it was 340. Uh, but uh, the community center actually does impact 5,000 people every year. So that includes, in many ways, I actually met when I visited the center, brothers and sisters of the girls who go to Malaika, right? So, um, and some of them will testify that, hey, without Malaika, I wouldn't have known, you know, how to be a mechanic. And now I have my business of being a mechanic and I'm making money off of it and I can support my family, et cetera, et cetera. So that, uh, um, that, that, that kind of speaks also still to that holistic uh, uh, view that the school has on education. This is amazing. So not only you are providing food to this student twice a day, you also provide them with healthcare services. You're also bringing them water closer to home. So you're just fighting inequities in these communities. Yeah. I want to ask a question about the founder of the school. Yes. You know why and how they came up with the idea of starting this school? Okay. Yes. Uh, so uh, for back background, Noela, Noela Corsares was actually uh, born in the area. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, um, she had to leave at a young age um, because of the situations in the area where her mom was not able to provide for her uh, when she was, uh, she was younger and had to give, give her up uh, for adoption because uh, she just couldn't have the means to, to support her in the way that she wanted her supported. Uh, and so Noella uh, came up with an idea, with this idea as a way for her to say, I do not want any other kid in the future to be given up by their parents because they could not uh, afford raising them, right? And, and that's why, uh, as, aspects like the community center were important to her, 
right? It's not just, I'm not going to come and just educate people, right? Like, that's also fine. It would have been great, even if you just did the, the, school, the school part. But the idea is, I want to come and equip the people around these girls that we're trying to educate as well. Mm-hmm. So that not only their welfare can help sustain uh, these families where, you know, parents, for example, I'll give you an example. When I got to uh, Malaika, I was sitting on these wooden kind of benches that were like uh, well, well done. And uh, uh, one person came to me and chairs like, hey, you know, fun fact, the person who actually uh, made these wooden chairs is a parent of a girl at Malaika who learned woodworking at the community center. Do you see the connection now? So you have the dad of the girl, you go learn woodworking at at the center, you start a business where you're studying woodworking now, and now the school is coming and saying, hey, we need your service, you're making very good chairs, and and then get to to supply the chairs. So that's what it was all about for Noela. It's like that that dad now not only has the means to, to, to make enough money to feed his family, but he has the means to not have an excuse to say, hey, now I cannot send my other two kids to school. Um, I'm gonna educate them myself and I'm gonna have permanent access to them uh, and I won't have to give them up uh, to anybody, right? Like, so that, that's kind of was the original motivation uh, behind, uh, behind this. Um, and, uh, and, and here we are 15 years later. So. Is this one of the only schools that does this in the Congo, or do you have any idea if there could be any? There could be. No, I mean, so far, I don't know that there is uh, one that does exactly this model, though I agree with you that I think this model should be replicated, uh, if that's what you implied, right? Like, uh, if this model should be replicated in, in, in many areas in the world. Uh, and the, the school, actually, uh, it's, uh, it's great that you, you mentioned that the school is actually working on, on, on that, as in, they're not, the school is not trying to replicate itself in different areas in the world. No, that's not what they're trying to do, but they're sharing uh, a toolkit, basically, of, hey, if you want to go ahead and start something like this, here is our cheat code, this he, is our cheat sheet, basically. Everything that we had to like, run into, how we had to resolve it, and so that's going to be kind of a, a, a manual for anybody who will want to go and, uh, um, and, 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 and start kind of a holistic way or approach to education. And, and that's kind of an open way uh, of sharing it's the, anything from finances, anything from how the organization is run, uh, how the organization is organized, and like partners that you may need, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that, that's kind of a way to democratize you know, holistic education at scale. So that's what Malaika is kind of focused on for the next uh, one, two or three years. Uh, It seems to me me like Malaika is the perfect example of how education and help and local communities can be integrated into one setting to improve health and well-being and the future of, of, of our country. And if any stakeholder policymaker, uh, if they are could be listening to you right now, what would you tell them um, about this? What would you want them to learn from this project? Yes, uh, that, that's, an, that's an excellent question because I think it, it does take 
um, literally a village, a kind of Bukaya village, but it takes that proverbial village as well to, to, to learn something like this. And uh, if, you, if you're a policymaker, to me, I think um, I would want them to branch out and uh, because in a way, much of what I described are like still within the trees. Right, like we are solving the core problems that are that are impacting on, uh, at a grassroots level. But if you're a policymaker, you have this ability to like branch out and look at the forest and say, "Hey, um, now let's look at removing all the obstacles uh, that can actually come to um, initiatives like Malaika." Right, like how do you make sure that you can? speed it up, you can nudge these organizations in the right way, in a way that, that, that gives us 2x, 3x, 10x returns. And one example, one anecdote that I would share is that one of the things that had to be done, for example, for Malaika, which it's not complete yet, but we hope that it will be completed. Kalebuka is uh, about uh, a, a 20 to 30 uh, uh, miles uh, from, uh, from Lubumbashi uh, in the south east of Congo. But when the school started, there were no roads between, uh, between the, it was just the mud road between the, the, the city and the, and the school. Uh, so one of the things that had to be done was uh, a little bit of that advocacy to, hey, we, we really want a road <laughs> from, uh, from, the, from the city to this village, um, not only for just the connect, the connecting the village, it's a no-brainer. The village has to be connected to the major um, like uh, cities, but also for the school, right? People coming to the school and uh, you know, supplies coming to the school, et cetera, et cetera. So the government was on board, uh, promised to do the 100% connecting the school, the, 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 the road from Lubumbashi to this to, to Kalibuka, but they are 70% in now. So it's been quite some years since it stopped at 70%. So if, for example, they're listening right now, right? Like I would love them to finish the 30%. And uh, that's kind of a specific example I'm sharing, but like, I hope that gives the idea about the branching out and looking at the forest view I'm talking about, right? Like, because I, I know we have the volunteers and the capacities to do things at the grassroots level. Like if all the Congolese or everybody else in the world came together and said, hey, we're gonna, we have so many people in tech, we have so many people in health, we have so many people in education, different fields we have people. Uh, and so at the grassroots level, we can always have volunteers come and put their hands together, but it will always be hard if we don't have the government put the infrastructure so that people can actually manage to uh, do these volunteering things. Um, I, I want, for example, if I'm inviting my friend uh, who maybe works at Microsoft to come and volunteer with me at Malaika, I do not want them to have a very horrible experience in the car getting to Malaika, right? Uh, so, you know, I know Malaika is going to be great. I know they're going to get to the school and they're going to be like mind-blowing. But the policy, on the policy level, what can help us is, hey, can you make sure that um, the airport are working fine, the roads are working fine, the Wi-Fi works, electricity works, right? So, so that then helps us do what we can do best, you and I and everybody else who is ready to volunteer, which is kind of leaning in and, 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 and being a part of these great causes that are happening around, uh, around the country and the continent.
talking about volunteering, you've been volunteering and teaching these girls how to how to code. Talking about women in STEM, I think like you are a perfect example of supporting supporting that goal. And I also know that so many people want to volunteer, but perhaps don't know how to approach it. Perhaps are scared about you know maybe uh, not being paid. In any case, what has been for you the greatest feeling of like I'm so glad I'm volunteering. I'm so yeah. glad doing it. Yeah. No, that's that's an excellent question. Right. I wake up. Sorry, I, for context, for people, um, just a refresh on geography, right? Like Seattle is a, a 10 hours away from uh, Lubumbashi in terms of time, time zone difference. So I, I get to wake up 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. sometimes uh, to teach these coding classes. So yeah, if, if you definitely want to talk about how sometimes, you know, gruesome it can be, there, there, are, there are moments where you're like, why am I waking up at, at 2 a.m.? Um, but I love how you phrased your question because you said, what are those moments that when, you know, when you are in those moments, you're like, I'm so glad I'm doing this and I, and I, I can do it a hundred million times over if I had to. It's honestly getting to see uh, the impact almost real time of something that you, you, you will do even like, effortlessly, uh, so I'll give you an example. For me, um, showing up to Malaika was, in my view, I thought that the biggest thing that I would have to do was teach coding. But I actually didn't know that the biggest impact that I had on these girls was just the fact that there was this Congolese dude who went to school like us at a high school in DRC and can actually make it to the number one you know, or number two, depending on how you look at it, software company in the world, right? Uh, yeah. Right? And, and so to them, it was, not, it was never about like, uh, you know, the code themselves, but it was more about, can I also do this, right? And that's why I'm, I'm motivated. If any volunteer is actually uh, listening, um, especially black girls, uh, Congolese girls. Yeah. Uh, your presence alone uh, in these spaces like Talibuka just blows the girl's mind away. And I'm not saying this just to say it. I've lived it and I've invited one of my friends who works at Spotify. Uh, I, I mean, I've worked with one of my friends, I invited her, but like she's, she's come to the school, also a Congolese, speaks uh, the languages, right? Like from Congo, Swahili and French and, and otherwise. Actually, for her, it was it was even higher than that because to me, it's an all girls school. I'm yeah. still doing it, right? Yeah. They see, they saw her, and they saw themselves. No, oh, that's and, good. And, and to, to 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 give you an anecdote, at the end when she left Telebuka, they made custom gifts for her. Really? Yes, the girls had to go and like they have like bracelets and like uh, and necklaces and 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 to me that that's a a, a recognition that we are seeing ourselves in you and we we can do it too now when i'm talking to the girls i'm i'm, I'm, I'm mentoring uh, as they are trying to launch on to go to college i can see them say very confidently i want to go to the top of the top as far as schools are concerned 
hey, which schools are you looking at? They're like, oh, MIT. I'm looking at Harvard. And they're just saying it, right? Like, which, when, when you think about this five years ago or three years ago, they probably didn't even have the confidence to say that they would go to Lubumbashi to study. Right? Most of them were maybe just short of saying, I'm going to finish high school and see maybe if I can find some local job in the area. Yeah. So what, what makes these students to dare to even dream is, is the, the, the possibilities, basically, that we get to open for them. And I think to me, that's bigger than any skill they can learn. The coding part comes later. Um, mm -hmm. If you know you can do it, you can learn anything, in my view. But like the, the, what helps me be happy about my volunteering is just getting to see that transformation. The, the students going from, oh, I, I'm aiming you know, here, and then they aim 10 times higher just because you were there, right? And to me, that, 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 that's, and I'm so looking forward. I, I think it's a kind of the gift that keeps giving in a way, if you've heard the saying, uh, where uh, in a way I'm, I'm invested now. All the, the 400 girls that uh, hopefully I, I get as I'm volunteering, get to, to, to teach or impact in, in, in one way or another, I'm keen on seeing their journey, right? Like, uh, and seeing how much, uh, maybe like a, one little thing that you can do for 10 minutes uh, at a time can actually impact the whole trajectory of, of, of a person as they grow and go to the university and get jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Because I do know that I've had to meet people like those who I just met briefly across my, my, my path. Uh, and I knew that in that moment, I had learned something that I took with me. And, and, and kind of used in, in, in my quest of, uh, of, of greatness or success, whatever, whatever that is. So yeah, so that's it for me. It's, it's really the unlocking possibilities for these students. Oh, wow. This was inspiring. I'm ready to go volunteer. I don't know whoever has a volunteer position, reach out to me. Like mm. you said, representation matters. So um, now that we are ending, do you have anything you'll ha like to tell any advice, anything really? Yeah, uh, one one thing that I will that I will say is that uh, no, whenever we think about uh, just getting involved or or, or improving the well being uh, of uh, our communities, uh, I think it's it's very important to to not overthink it or to not. Uh, inflate the idea of helping or being a part of a chain. Uh, I used to be that way. I used to think system and be like, only if this thing and this thing and this other thing aligned, Congo would have been great. And then I'll just, that would drive me into this uh, place of constant complaint where I'm complaining and complaining and complaining about like what could have been ideal. Uh, and, and while I was doing that, I was forgetting that you can actually literally change real life by doing something small. It can be five minutes, it can be 10 minutes. And that done at scale is what changes the country, right? It's not uh, like a, an ideal kind of write up of everything that needs to align for anything to change. So what I will say to people is that, yeah, pick one thing at a time every day that you think, hey, if I'm doing this, I'm, I'm, I'm moving the needle towards improving 
global health in my community or health in, in my community generally in, in general whether be it through education be it through um uh health uh be it through just some volunteering capacity anything that you do if you feel like there is at least one person that's being impacted by it and their life is being improved as a result of you being involved do it uh, and, and be proud of doing that don't don't be like oh i am not doing enough i'm not right because before you know it uh to me i think the the ripple effect starts happening the domino effect starts happening you talk about it to somebody else somebody else shows up i've had more people i've had over uh, a dozen people who came to volunteer at malaika just because they saw me post about malaika and they're like hey how do i get in touch and i'm like hey here, here you are and volunteering doesn't mean flying to Kalibuka like i did uh, for some of them it just meant that they joined one of my calls and they share their story literally it's 10 minutes like when I'm teaching coding, they just join and say, hey, my name is so-and-so. I'm working as a chemist at this company in, in, in the US. And now I'm Congolese or I'm, 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 I'm Nigerian, I'm whichever country, right? That exposes these students to different perspectives that you never know which students is actually using that perspective to, you know, in their tool sets to change their life and affect their life. So it can be 10 minutes, it can be a minute, it can be an hour, it can be days, but whatever is nudging you to, to be done, please just do it. Um, and, and don't blame yourself for not, it not looking grand uh, because grand is just utopic in my way. It's just in people's mind. What's grand is when a life is transformed, in my view. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, 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 I had so much fun having uh, to chat about Malaika. Uh, thank you so much, Josuel. I know that we are all coming out of it very inspired and motivated to go do just a little bit, perhaps, and hoping that we, that will have a great impact. Thank you again. This was Perspectives in Global Health, and this is Benita Kayembe and Josuel.